Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash supernerdpals. With Audible, you get over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash supernerdpals. Sign up today. What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 136 of the Super Nerd Pals Podcast. Woo! Woo! So, uh, right, uh, ooh. So Stan and Andy, they're stuck in the ghost dimension this week. Uh, Ryan and I were, were hanging around there, but now we traded places, and it's gonna be Ryan and me, uh, going on with the show! Woo! It's gonna be total anarchy, and I'm so excited. Yeah, we haven't done this since it, it came out. Yeah, we had, it, we, we, had, we, had we, we took over with a it spoiler cast. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um. So Ryan, how are you? You just came back from a wonderful celebration. I did. I just came back from a baptism for my little teeny tiny cousin, baby Ruby Jane. <gasps> Yay! Who is uh, delicious? Delicious. Um, I came back from uh, from a trip too. I visited um, some of my best friends. It was well, it was one of my friends' birthdays, um, and um, I've known this guy since middle school. So we go way back. He's one of my best friends, and it's awesome. So oh, that's it was a really like good Kirstie time. And I, yay, yay, lifelong friends, yay, friendos. Um, so I think we should start off this week. With some cannibal facts, because when so when the 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 parents are away or when the parents are away, the kids will play. The so. kids will fucking play. So instead of cannibal facts today, I'm gonna do something different and tell you cannibal jokes. Ooh, okay. Because they're really bad, so they're but really, really good. good. Wait, really, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I'll start off with a dirty one, just because I've been around kids all day and it's I have to get it off my chest. Is it about eating kids? <laughs> No, I've been around children all day, so you can't like make dirty jokes around kids. Because, oh, so you know, uh, so this is the this is like sponges. releasing the steam valve. Yes. Yes. So excellent. Two cannibals are sharing a lost tourist. You start at the feet. I'll start at the head. Says the first. After a little while, he notices his friend hasn't said much. You okay? He asks. He says, "Fine." Comes the reply. I'm having a ball. You're eating too fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> Should we should we put a disclaimer? Like, <laughs> uh, yay! <laughs> as soon as I say cannibal, you like okay. If we have to put a disclaimer on every single time I say the word cannibal, like guys, it is about eating other people. That is just that's just not okay. Like to begin with. So if I'm going to say that I'm telling cannibal jokes. Yeah, all right. They're about eating body parts. Like, come in. I mean, that's also why you have the skip button in your podcast. Just skip ahead like 30 seconds, a minute. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know You're really too sensitive it... for a fucking cannibal <laughs> joke. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of um, this vile trend of videos where 
everyone's doing dad jokes. Yes! Uh, I, I was watching one recently. It was uh, anime dad jokes, and I'm a total weeb, so I was cracking up. So maybe we should do a cannibal joke dad joke thing I or something. Or, or maybe like a horror-themed a horror theme dad joke video. Uh, That'd be awesome. Well, if you find them, you tell them. Yes, we should. We should. Okay, um, here's, well, well, here's for all the special snowflakes out there. I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying that. I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you a less quote-unquote racy one. Two cannibals uh, are joke. eating a clown. One says to the other, does this taste funny to you? <laughs> okay, yes. moving on. Yes, that's great. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I, I went in with, with wanting to throw out some cannibal facts, but uh, you, threw, <laughs> you zagged on me, so this is all about jokes. But I'd like to plug uh, on, the car, on the car ride home, uh, I was listening to this super interesting podcast called Gastropod. I've heard of that. Yeah, so it's a food podcast uh, with um, that's focusing more on the science and history behind food. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of food podcasts re- recently, and for their Halloweeny uh, episode <sighs> or special, uh, they did an episode all about cannibalism. Um, so Guys, it was really cannibalism's cool. so- obviously making a comeback, which I don't know if is a good thing. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> the more you know, so, <laughs> um, so they were, ha- oh, they were talking with Bill Shute, uh, who's the author of this book called Cannibalism, A Perfectly Natural History, where it basically goes into, it debunks the, the notion or the conception that cannibalism is rare and cannibalism is, is actually a really really na- it's a really common or frequent um behavior and in, in natural like the natural history in terms of like oh uh, yeah a, a, a natural ecology and animal behavior so they were talking about like i mean baby, types- we've known for years that hamsters eat their own babies yeah not just hamsters but you know like tiger sharks do it and yeah. like, insects do it and um you know fish do it a lot too so it's actually it was really i didn't know that but they were saying that if fish you don't find an occurrence of cannibalism within fish, then that's an abnormal phenomenon, which really surprised me. So, uh, of course, they go into through they, they study human cannibalism through like an anthropological standpoint. So they go through like cultures and histories and rituals and um, and also trying to go at it from a scientific basis, like if. If cannibalism in humans is done for nutritional value, like how many calories does a does does the human body actually have? So it was a really interesting listen. So I saw I, I saw an infographic once that broke down the human body by calories. Yeah, I mean it's compared to other animals, you get way more calories. Like if you eat a horse or like oh well, uh, yeah a cow as opposed to humans, and in terms of gender, um. I think from the study, they didn't. I uh, they were. I I don't think they had enough enough data uh, on the female body, but they said based on like the protein to fat ratio, I think they said men have a higher nutritional value. But I mean, <laughs> that's where the great that's a great 
that's where the great assault because they didn't have the complete data on on females at the time they did this study so and that's exactly how the male species will go down we're gonna eat all of you yay (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so that was the cannibal jokes and facts section so uh that so every time Ryan and I have a solo show. Uh, expect that to ha- expect more of that. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's go into the news flash and news bus. Uh, so uh, Ryan, do you want to start up with our first piece of news? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that there are some people out there who are hardcore Trekkies, semi Trekkies, or just they'll watch it because it's on. However you feel about Star Trek and however you feel about Star Trek Discovery, which, by the way, I would love to listen to your thoughts on that because I'm still very much on the fence. I haven't seen any of it. Um, But Star Trek Discovery, who, as a lot of people know, is offered through the CBS All Access streaming service, uh, just got renewed for a second season. Hooray! Well, hooray for the people who like it, for the people Mm -hmm. who hate it. I mean, I don't know why you're still watching it if you hate it. Mm-hmm. But well, I maybe heard... it's like maybe it's like well, if I stick through season one, maybe I'll grow to like it. Well, know? I just I've the reviews that I've heard about Star Trek Discovery is a very like mixed bag. Okay. Um. So I don't I don't I have no idea. Mm. But just fun fact, it's uh, it's getting a second season. So no matter how you feel about that, that's uh, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's uh, exclusively ex- what. I'm sorry? If you have access to CBS All Access, uh, Star Trek Discovery is not the only Star Trek franchise that you can watch on there. You can basically watch everything because Star Trek is owned by CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that so. include Star Trek movies? Or is the rights to that all jumbled um, up somehow as well? I can actually check. Uh, yeah, give me a second. I can actually check that. But I am fairly certain I saw the Wrath of Khan on there at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, I feel like I feel like there's only one movie on Netflix. I think that's Star Trek. Be Beyond. No, this is like they don't. I don't think they have any of the new Star Trek movies. It's all. It's like all the old shit. Okay. Like Next generation. Um, I'm gonna check right now. Well, that's it. Does that's a lot of Star Trek. It is a ton of Star Trek, but again, mm-hmm. they all they figured out. I don't know why it took them so long, but when CBS All Access came out, um, the biggest thing that people enjoyed about it was being able to stream, not the recent stuff, Mm -hmm. but the really old stuff. So it, they were like, okay, well we can just turn this into an exclusive thing and do whatever we want with it. And that's exactly what they did. Apparently, there's also this thing called After Trek that's on CBS All Access. Is that like a uh, talk show I about guess. Star Trek? It sounds I like guess. it. That's actually kind of cool. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, I'm Jade Late Show. But yeah, the streaming wars continue. I mean, it just makes perfect sense for CBS to do that. I mean, they have all this proprietary content Um, oh here we go all right so on top of that they have all 163 episodes of sabrina the teenage witch oh well then yep 
because it's considered cool. classic, just like I Love Lucy. So here's Star Trek Discovery's Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, the original series, Next Generation, Voyager, and the animated series. Hmm. That's a lot of Star Trek. Uh, yeah. And that's just TV shows. I didn't even <clears throat> get into movies yet. Movies. I think the last one. They have Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> oh, Star Trek Nemesis. That had a young Tom Hardy. It's like. Yeah, that's that's the movie I'm looking at. So, yeah, they have Star Trek Nemesis on here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, a lot cool. of Star Trek properties with CBS. All right. Yay! Well, you're tricky. Yay. Um, and, and we were talking about this, like the streaming work continues. Like, so CBS, uh, CBS is throwing their hat in the ring. Uh, Disney's doing their own streaming app. So eventually, all the Disney movies and all of the DC movie, uh, DC MCU movies will eventually move over there. So uh, a fair amount of them are are on Netflix at the moment. I know Civil War's on there. Um, the original Iron Man. Yeah, but Strange. does that mean we also lose the the Netflix, Netflix TV shows? Ah, uh, that's a really good question. Because I'll be pissed if I have to. Because they were Netflix originals, so mm-hmm. we don't understand if they can take them off to begin with. I, I feel uh, I feel how well I feel like with how the Netflix Defender stuff is set up. I mean. They're MCU adjacent, and they they reference stuff to the larger MCU canon, but it's still, I still feel like it's separate. I feel like I still feel like it's stand on its own, and I don't know. I feel I feel like Netflix will do anything to keep their hands on it. Mm, we can only hope. We can only hope, but so I mean, so Disney and CBS are are. are joining the streaming wars and it's it's just really interesting because you know like some time ago um there i don't think i i don't think there was there are i think i don't think there was as many competing apps and you know joining netflix and or hulu or you know amazon was a great way to cut around you know the expense in it like the high cost of cable and now like every single studio or production company they're all gonna have their own streaming app so i feel like you know if you want to they all want in on this they all want in and you know they're all like well we, we all have this proprietary stuff so we should hold on to it and make a buck i mean which makes sense and uh, but for the consumer i mean if you're like a all-around nerd like us or like you like you yourself the audience uh, you can, I mean, I guess you have to really pick and choose and decide what's, what's worth it. Uh, otherwise you're going to be pen, uh, spending as much money on a monthly cable box fee for all these streaming apps. Um, right. But, but in, in a case like that, I feel like people would still prefer to spend that kind of money on a streaming app versus cable because yeah. you're still getting more and it would be the only way at that point to have access to all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have cable now, and I'm fine with it, because everything that we watch, we can find. Yeah. And the thing so. is, like, I don't know. For me, I don't mind paying, and I don't think there's a lot on cable that, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't have to, like, watch it as soon as it airs. I can wait, and I know eventually we'll be 
streamable somewhere somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and there's already so much content to catch up on anyway, so there's no end to amount of things you can consume to kill time. So, um, so it's not it's not a deal killer. No. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thank you, Ryan. No problem. Excellent. That was my little tidbit for the day. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so I have a really cool piece of video game news. Um, so. Uh, it's, we're not quite at the game of the year 2017 episode but um you know consistently i feel like with a lot of the game community uh player unknowns battlegrounds is a really top contender for 2017 and for those who don't know who don't who don't game um player player unknowns battlegrounds is basically battle royale the game uh and it's really fun it's really addicting it's a really popular spectator sport uh so it's basically 100 players are dropped via airplane onto an island and you got to survive collect weapons and gear and loot um and you have to survive until your last player standing and um to facilitate that uh you have a shrinking uh, battle. You have a you have a, you have a shrinking area. Uh, like it's like this blue wall death that 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 appears and cool. it conti- continuously uh, shrinks. And uh, if you're caught outside of this blue wall, you take damage. And every now and then, there's artillery strikes in certain areas. So if it you're caught, sounds like battle royale, Hunger Games. Yeah, 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 definitely. So um, uh, there's a lot of uh like survival game stuff like battle royales um one of the most popular and and like um and hunger games more recently is very popular um and it's a really fun game and it's, it's insanely popular uh so the development or the studio and the developers of battlegrounds uh they're called blue hole uh they're making or they announced and developing a brand new title it's a mmo called Ascent Infinite Realm and it's basically a steampunk themed MMO um so you got like airships with like classic sword and sorcery gameplay you got some mecha you got people riding on really cool glider ships and i just love steampunk i i think steampunk it's steampunk re- everything yes steampunk diesel punk all the punks um I'm looking at these visuals. Uh, they're really cool. Um, it just looks so beautiful. It's just, and it's like the flavor is steampunk with high fantasy, and with, and, and it looks like it, it's setting up realm versus realm aerial combat. So you have like entire nation states fighting with giant armadas, and I need that in my life right now. Okay, so, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and with Blue Hole, like they, with the incredible work they're they've done on, on Battlegrounds, and they they're still developing it. Um, I think it just looks amazing. And there's like there seems to be a lot of death uh, in terms of gameplay. I mean, of course, you got like airship combat. Um, there's this one um, GIF they're showing where it has like this monster hunter feel, where a bunch of players are trying to take down a dragon together. Um, you got like this Mario Kart mini game where people are literally, literally running around and rolling down hills and barrels, and they're trying to pick up 
boxes and use weapons like exactly like Mario Kart. So it looks hilarious. Cool. Um, so I, I really, I, I really want this. Um, it reminds me a lot of this other steampunk game. Um, it's a, it's exclusively a steampunk airship combat game. It's called uh, Guns of Icarus. Uh, so it's a PV pvp game so you play against other players exclusively and you pilot oh you're on a ship and each ship has a crew of i think like five players and each different player takes on a different role so you could you could be a gunner you could be a pilot you could be an engineer so when your ship starts get blown up you can smack the engine with a wrench and it magically fixes it cool Uh, and it's really fun so so I, I really had a lot of fun playing Guns of Icarus with my friends and um you know I don't really play MMOs that much. Uh that's why I never really got into World of Warcraft or um other games. I mean it's just because of time commitment. Um but I really feel like this is a game that I will definitely clear my schedule for. So um well shit and you you are always like you're notorious for being swamped and busy all the time yeah so for (laughs) you to say like i'm gonna clear my schedule and play this game i feel like is like high praise yeah it's i mean like the visuals on this look beautiful and it just speaks to me like i just love steampunk and that kind of aesthetic and feel and I so just... for future reference when we say that chris is in the ghost dimension it means he probably stayed up all night playing this game and just can't get up yes <laughs> <laughs> the, the guilty as charged to future me hey so... i judge and if it's something that you love fuck it <laughs> well uh, this is a good. This is a good segue because, oh, um, I mean, if I'm gonna, sp- like, I, if I'm, I, I feel like I'm gonna spend a lot of time on this. We can talk about a game you spend a lot of time with. Spend a lot of time and fucking money, and I don't care, and I'm not ashamed yeah. of it. So Sims let's talk 4, about it. Let's, Sims so, fucking four came out with a brand Sims new pack. It was cats and dogs, and it's so good. They have like vet clinics. They came out with like like all new town, and you can't play as your pets the way you could in Sims three, but actually i kind of like it better okay okay uh it, it just it got to be i don't know about you but when i start making like sims families and like this one accidentally has twins and there's a husband and then i have a dog that you have to play as because you can't really like they fend for themselves in this which i really like it doesn't feel like i have an extra sim that i have to switch over to and sort of take care of mm. in this and i really enjoy that so far and you um, said i think you said you made a pit bull terrier i met a, I the target dog oh, okay yes i made awesome. i made a bull terrier all white that was my first my first pet um it, is there a limit to how many pets you can have well it's not a limit as to how many pets you can have it's more of the limit of the sims household themselves Okay. But that's pretty but that's pretty ba- that's pretty standard. So instead of filling it with like human sims, I can just fill it with a ton of pets. Well, this is great news cuz I'm going to get a Sim 4 account and I'm going to fill an entire house with corgis and shibas. You can. That's my you dream. can do that. But what they did with cats and dogs that they took away, so when you had the Sims 3, you could tailor your sims like down to the hair. Like, I could make the base of my hair purple, the tips hot pink, 
and the highlights purple and and it was really customizable the same with the outfits and the clothing like you could make everything super customizable and they took that away when they made the sims 4 Mm. and i remember a lot of people were like really angry about it like that was the best part what are we gonna do now and you know people found a way around it well for cats and dogs they brought that back so when you create your dog i can basically make frankenweenie or I can put tiger stripes on a dog that doesn't exist. Or I can make a leopard. I can turn it into a clown. I can do whatever I want. You can literally make the dog of your dreams that could never exist in real life. That's pretty wild. It's like, instead of having a Dalmatian with like regular spots, I could probably make something that looks like an all-white Dalmatian and put leopard spots all over it. Hell yes. So you can literally have the cat or dog that you want. And not just cats and dogs. You can make a raccoon, a trash panda for a pet or a fox. <gasps> trash panda! You can have trash pandas as pets. That's and they awesome. have like strays all over the city. And there's like a specific section of the city for cat people. There's a specific section of the city for dog people. Mm-hmm. And they have a lighthouse. It's like this whole, yeah. That's awesome. So it's a, it's, it's a pretty, pretty extensive update patch. It sounds it like. Really, it really is. It really is. And I'm really excited to start playing more of it. I haven't played as much as I would like because I've been really busy. But, you know, when we're done recording, I know I'm going to be done for the rest of the night because I'm just going to be playing The Sims. Hell yeah. Um, I can easily play this game for an entire day and not get bored. But The Sims is one of those games that I have played my whole life and I will always put money on it. Mm-hmm. Like, like always. And I'm not ashamed of that. Like, I have easily spent upwards of a grand on The Sims. That's, well, I mean... Not, uh, okay, <laughs> I should specify, not on The Sims 4 alone. I meant, like, <laughs> it, as an umbrella statement. Okay, and there's been a lot of Sims games. Like, what? Like- there has, there has. There's been everything. So... I don't mean like on The Sims 4 alone. Like I was going to say. <laughs> there hasn't I mean, been enough out there for me to spend that much money. But uh, enough money that like people are like, oh my God, The Sims still exist. I'm like, yes. Well, I mean, I mean, um, it's still a business. And like the money you pay goes into the development of the next patch or upkeep costs and maintenance costs. Like, I don't know, maybe they'll, they'll do a cannibalism patch for Sims. I don't know. Well, actually, they would never do a cannibalism patch, but there is, like, people develop mods for The Sims. Mm-hmm. Um, that is anything from drugs to serial killers to oh. the occult to... So I assume we have all these mods, like, updated and installed uh, already. I don't. So here's <gasps> I know. Blasphemy! I know. When they came out with the Cats and Dogs expansion pack, the update that uh, Origin put out before Cats and Dogs came out sort of screwed with everyone's mods. So I basically uninstalled all of my mods and took away and deleted all of my Sims and started very fresh. So I am playing with no mods right now whatsoever. Mm, Okay. Um, And I kind of really love this expansion pack, like too much to do anything with it just yet i also am curious to see if because again i haven't played it that much 
yet. I'm curious to see if the Cats and Dogs expansion pack travels over to the other towns that they have so far in The Sims. Like, I'm, I'm curious to find out if I build a sim in the city that they had um, because they created a city living pack a while ago. Um, I'm curious to see, like, if I create a sim living in that city, if I can have it either create a pet or adopt one so that it exists outside of this one town. I'm sure you can. I just haven't tried it yet. Mm. So, that would suck if you, you, like, you can't bring your pet outside your town. or Yeah, you know. I, I, I mean... That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but then again, it didn't make sense for a lot of people to not play as the pet. So we'll see. EA does this weird shit sometimes. So like for Sims 3, there was a supernatural expansion pack. Where you could be a witch, a werewolf, a fairy, or a vampire. But only in your town? Huh? But th- could you only be in that in your town or could you no, be... No, no. It transferred over to everything. So oh, like, okay. That's cool. If I sent my teenage sim to university in Sims 3, I could go to school with ghosts. What? That's awesome. It was a thing, but they don't have that anymore. When they updated to Sims 4, they came out with a vampire expansion pack with like all new furniture, wallpaper, clothes like appearances and a town that came with it, but it was just vampires. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was, it's, it's pretty, I mean, so I, I own pretty much every game pack and expansion pack that's come out for the Sims 4. You should, I don't know, like, I, again, like you're talking to a complete noob. Uh, the, the only, it's, put the, it this way. The, it's really fun to play God with the Sims, which is part of the appeal. But when Sims 4 came out, they made it 10 times harder to kill. Uh, like I know, like well, <laughs> like so, back in the like back in the day, the f- most fun you could have was stick a sim <laughs> inside of a swimming pool and pull out the ladder, and it would drown. See, like my last experience was Sim City 2000. Oh my spa- god! Just spawning a random city yes. and just just pressing the disaster button. Yes. And, and then my I favorite part is that. when it triggers an alien invasion, like a UFO starts coming up and starts like abducting people. Um, but I literally haven't played a Sims game since then. <laughs> um, the only other Sims game was like Sim Tower and like yes high school and it was awesome i love that um but um no i don't I, know. I love uh, the reason things. why i was asking is because uh i was curious if there's a i mean i'm sure there is is there like a sims live streaming or like youtube community like is there any like super popular streamers there absolutely is a sims youtube community my my thing that i like to do is i like to follow simblers so that's like sims people on tumblr they just call them simblers simblers okay and it's people that play the sims that create stories out of it so they have like a whole narrative that runs through these lives i mean and the people and the youtube communities do that too but like you can watch like informative YouTube channels about the Sims. Like here's a build episode. Here's a this, here's a that. Here's, I'm going to rate and talk about this new expansion pack. Um, I believe some of like the Sim gurus from Twitter probably have their own YouTube channels and you can absolutely find a place to watch all of that. Nice. And there's also a Sims community on Facebook. That's pretty dope. 
Like I, I still there's just something about The Sims that I just still love. And oh yeah, I'm not gonna shy away from it. I like the idea of creating. No, my own we we life. never shame anyone for 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 their fandoms. I and just it's just it's one of those things. It's just it's a lot of fun to play. Plus they're absolutely ridiculous. I remember watching Tom play The Sims for the first time. And he was laughing at the utter ludicrousness of it. Like, I left him alone for, like, two seconds. Like, go get something from the kitchen or something like that. And I hear him screaming, no, what are you doing? I didn't tell you to do that. And that's just, like, part of... (laughs) I said to him, I was like, you can't walk away from The Sims. Like, you can't leave them. Because he wanted to keep, like, high free will on. And if you do that and you let the game play and you walk away, you're asking for trouble. Your Sims will literally do whatever they want. And sometimes that's not always a good thing. That's pretty great. So, yeah. There's just something really stupidly entertaining about it. And I love it. That's great. Ah! Well, if you're a Sims fan as well, uh, tweet at Ryan at uh, the underscore red underscore horror. And, you know, party up. Like, yeah, you got, there's there's multiplayer, right? This is how much of a noob I am. There's like, or they it's, visit- no, no, no. They don't have uh, multiplayers like oh, that. Oh, but- Okay. What you can do is when you log into Origin, you can have, you can hand, and people in the, on the Sims group on Facebook do this. Some people will build a house or build a character and they'll put them up on the gallery in the, in Origin. So all you need is someone's Origin ID and you can talk to them on there or download their lots or their people or, you know. There's like a whole little community of people that play The Sims. It's actually really fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, great. That's brilliant. Um, well, thank you for for telling uh, for talking about that. No problem. All hail Sims. That's literally my only like video game, like not comic related stuff that I've been doing because it's all I've had time for, and it was. Like the most exciting Friday ever. Yeah, you do you, Ryan. It's good. I, I couldn't it. wait to come home and play The Sims. Like I, I said to Tom, I was like, I'm gonna play The Sims. You watch whatever you want to watch because I'm just gonna, like, like you won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Bye>. great. <laughs> uh, awesome. For our, oh, for our first main topic, um, I want to talk about. Um, uh, fictional narrative podcasts. Uh, in particular, one really, really one, a uh, really, really cool one that caught my attention. Um, I binged it all uh, in like a day. I think was, I was listening to. I was listening to this maybe two weeks ago, um, and it's just one of those shows that I really, really need to spread around and talk about. Um, so back in 2015, uh, which is you know one of the, uh, it was. The year it was like the year, like the, like the pinnacle renaissance, new renaissance of podcasting, you know, like serial serials coming out, and a whole bunch of really really awesome narrative based podcasts were coming out. So like Limetown, um, I think, I want to say um, the Black Tapes podcast was out. Oh yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah, yeah, actually the the Black Tapes podcast is an incredible narrative. Um, a uh, show based on like weird supernatural um phenomena. It's like it's a lot like X Files with this really cool overarching uh, narrative. And it actually wrapped up um just this past week. I think it was like a two or three show or two or three year show in the running. It's incredible. Um, uh, Limetown is really really good. 
Um, season two was just announced uh, like within the last two weeks. And for this one, or for for um, for my topic this week, I want to talk about this show called Life After. Oh so- my fucking god! Oh, do you know oh, about this? My god, did you listen to yeah. the message before you yes. to Life After? Yes. Oh yes. shit balls! Okay. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. So so you you know about? Wait, have you listened to Life After yet? Uh, yet? Okay. Not only did I binge through the message, okay. my friends, I really wish I knew we were talking about this before because I could have gotten my friend, oh, my, one of my that... best in the entire world. Yeah. I could have gotten her on this show to talk about this uh... because, because not just about, not just about life after. So now correct me if I'm wrong. Hold well, on. Well, I was... well uh, just to, for, just from, just for some context, also in 2015, during the ne- the, the boom of podcasting in, in recent years, uh, GE Podcast Theater came out with a show called The Message. And uh, GS, uh, GE Podcast Theater, uh, it's basically a, uh, an innovative media arm of General Electric, and it's headed up by Alexa Kristen. Now, Alexa uh, and GE Podcast Theater, their main goal and process behind the podcast theater was to tell a really good and compelling story um, based on a theme that reflects on the co- the company's current work um, in science and technology. So, for the message, um, a lot of the uh, a lot of it is was informed by the company's technology, or or it was informed by the company's work into sound-based medical treatments. But it's not just like an extended infomercial. The GE Podcast Theater really, really gives a lot of creative freedom um, and a lot of um, a, a lot of room to grow to play with the audio space. And oh my god, the message is incredible and i've the been message I, was fucking incredible life after was fucking incredible yes so I, um oh my god yeah so like uh for me um i i love the message and uh, i was just scrolling through an article from vox like uh it was like the best fictional podcast to listen to and um, and then I found out, holy shit, G Podcast Theater released the, the Life After in like in 2016. I didn't know about it, so I missed it all in a day, and it's so good. And Ryan, I'm so glad we can talk about this now. This is amazing. Okay, okay. So now, what I will say about the message in Life After, my friend Sarah, hi Sarah, uh, introduced me, like pointed it out to me and introduced it to me. She was like, "You have to listen to this." Uh, I've met the playwright that does this. Oh, seriously? (gasps) And I was like, okay, great. So I did. I ran through it. I couldn't wait for more. Life After came out. And then, and I'm really happy that you said this, the playwright for this actually has another show called Steal the Stars, which <gasps> I just finished today. Subscribe. I need to subscribe right now. <laughs> you, and I, it was absolutely fucking incredible. Now, before the podcast, before this podcast dropped, uh, I went to a Steal the Stars, like, premiere party with her. What? Met Mac Rogers, like, very briefly, and just, like, fangirled my way into a panic attack. But I was so stoked. I was like, you were fucking brilliant with all this other shit. I'm so excited for this. I can't wait for it. I 
I fell really behind because I started listening to this other true crime podcast that I just sort of stumbled upon and fell in love with. Mm-hmm. But I was like seven episodes behind and I finished the seven episodes in the time that I made for myself in like two days. That's pretty good. That's that's a, uh. like I have no time to do anything, but I found time to like listen to it because Steal the Stars was so fucking good. All right, well I literally just s- subscribed to it, so I'm you have binge. to listen to it, and then and then we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> yes, we have to talk about it because it's just it's just so oh it's just so good. Well, I am so happy. So, okay, let's get down to brass tacks. So, Life After... um, Also, Neil deGrasse Tyson did, like, two episodes after Life After talking about the technology and the science Yes, he did. Yeah, he was was a guest host. I know, it it was so great. It was amazing. So, uh, Life After... uh, Well, following GE's model of doing a show based on technology they're doing, this time they were... The theme is about... Uh, digital twinning. Um, so in this, oh, from a real life perspective, uh, or from a business perspective, um, digital twins, uh, or digital twinning means um, having a virtual twin of a physical product, according to Kristen. Um, but in the narrative fictional space, um, they took it. Well, they took this idea of digital twinning into. Um, uh, a really, really cool social media Black Mirror kind of vibe. So yes. you see Black Mirror, uh, especially the episode uh, "Be Right Back." That was the episode with um, uh, Haley Atwell, who plays Agent Carter, um, and it's uh, a similar premise. So uh, the premise of Life After is that there's an FBI agent who works in the social media uh, like research division. And eight months ago, his wife died, and he has extreme difficulty coping. And the the only like uh, when we first see this FBI agent, uh, he's like he's like a uh, a junkie or an addict, but he's not he doesn't do drugs. But he listens to all of his wife's uh, voice messages based on the social media platform called. Uh, I think it's called like Voice Tree, and yes. so it's basically like Twitter or like the status messages aspect of Facebook, but you talk into it, um, and you can re- you can replay back uh, their audio status comments, and and it's like yeah, so it's like that, um, and drawing from this Black Mirror esque idea and the idea of digital twinning. They explored the space of, or they they explore they explored the idea of, could you make an AI based on all the information you put out there on social media, and what would that AI look like? What would it sound like? So the main cough of the story um, goes into play where um, uh, this FBI agent is going through like a really really rough moment, like a really low point in his life. Um, and all of a sudden, um, uh, his wife's voice tree uh, program, uh, something happens to it. Like, uh, And then all of a sudden, his wife is actually talking to him through his phone in 
ways and in messages that he's clearly hasn't heard before. So his wife is like, he, he's talking to like an AI clone of his wife. Um, well, yeah, because part of the life after program is. Um, well, spoil. They- okay, wait, wait, wait. If you don't want any, if, if you don't want any spoilers. Oh Leave. right, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, so basically, I'll I'll try and sum this up in about thirty seconds. So skip ahead, starting now. So basically, the premise of Life After is they use it as a um a, like coping mechanism. So they use voicemails, and then the second half of Life After, like the next step up, is a clone AI of the person that you're trying to remember. I think that's that's as close as I can get it without being too spoilery yeah. and yeah. yeah. And then and but and then it gets into like really, really it gets creepy into weird some shit. shit. And yeah. It's so good. It's like Oh my god, I can't believe you listened to this. How why are we never talking about I this? I don't before? know, it's just, but it's, it's so, so amazing. Mac, and like I was Mac I was Rogers going to withdraw symptoms when I Mac when Rogers I, is the playwright and he he just he has one of those minds that you're like, why have I never heard of you before? His shit is the way he has constructed these podcasts and these episodes are so well done and just so good. They're addictive. So like, like uh, after listening to the message, like in 2015 and after listening to life after uh, just, just seeing like what's possible within like the narrative space or like with the audio space, like I, in my life, I want to create something that I, that just captures a bit of that lightning magic that you know that that playwright has done because like i just oh it's so good and you know there's so there's so many good fictional audio podcasts but out there but like at the cream of the crop like if i had to name like my top five both the message and life after are definitely up there um i would also definitely include uh lime town uh, have you listened to Limetown, uh, Ryan? I haven't, but I've heard it's of it. It's really good. Um, and uh, and then season two has been announced for 2018. Um, the Black Tapes is really good. Um, there's another one that I really recommend. It's not so much as a podcast. It's more like a patio book. Um, a patio book. Yeah. yeah. And it's called Seven Sun. And it's really good. It's like, it's, it's three different shows like like think of them as three different books but split up and uh, designed as like a serial podcast um um story or medium and that continues to be one of my all-time favorite um favorite uh patio audio narrative fictional narrative stuff um it's a lot more long form uh, which is one of the reasons why i i, I really enjoy it because there's a lot of episodes to, to burn through and so you don't get to that Netflix binge syndrome where like I binge Stranger Things in a day. No, I don't know what to do with myself for a year. So um, I really recommend that. But uh, right, what do you love most about Life After, and or and just in general like fictional narrative podcasts? I not for it's not this. It's not true of all of them, but for some of them, I love that they use a technology that might actually be possible. And that is both awesome and frightening. Yeah. It's a lot like black mirror where it's like, yeah. you watch this happening. And it's, it's like the true terror of it is like, we're only like two or three steps away from this. Exactly. Weird dystopic future from happening. Right. 
Um, there is a show that I listen to. I'm three about three episodes behind on it, but there is a show that I listen to called Flash Forward. I love and Flash Forward. I love that show so much. I was going to say after you start talking about life after, I was gonna, or even before I knew you were gonna do that, I was gonna plug Steal the Stars. But you know, we got we covered that already. Flash Forward um, puts you into a scenario, however far or close into the future. And then they pull you out of it and talk about how likely that scenario and of that future might be. And they like pull how, in like real world scientists and other yeah. experts, and they they and they it's stuff like it. that. It's really fucking intense. But if you want something that uh, like doesn't exist in our world, and you just want something that's just a fictionalized podcast that just will take you away, um, that's still sort of sciency. And they, they do a lot of, they do so many topics. Like one of the recent ones, they talked about like, what if, uh, what if in the future, like all bees really did die, died off? How would that happen? Or they did an episode about sex bias. They did an episode about. They did an episode about zoos. Like what if we closed all the zoos in the world? What would happen? Like what yeah. happens to these animals? Or, you know, mm-hmm. what if we killed all the mosquitoes? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, they did an um... episode where like, what if. Your employers really, really like what? Or it was like an episode about how, like your social or your access to social services and or your your social capital is literally based on your social media profile, which I yep. kind of touched about in, in Black Mirror as well. It was like the first episode of season three. Uh, so they do oh, a lot of really cool, creepy, creepy stuff. I love it. Yeah, if you but if you're into something that's like. That's not like like real like ba- like anything based in real life, and you just want something to take you away for a while. Another episode, another podcast that I like is something called The Bright Sessions, and it's a it's recordings of a therapy of a therapy session with a therapist uh, with people with special abilities, anything from severe empathy to uh, time travel to. Um, people who can hear other people's thoughts um and it's just it was a really interesting concept and i'm actually like really enjoying it they took a very long gap in between seasons but it's back now and i'm gonna really enjoy catching up on it um and then if there's something that you guys are into if you're like me and you like horror stuff um there is a fantastic podcast narrated by lee pace Called Darkest Night. And they've oh, Lee Pace, you was um, the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so so fucking good. Best listened to with headphones because it's very like audio interactive. Um, like there's a lot of like blood splooshy sound effects and. Like, it gets pretty gnarly. Like, I know that I've definitely listened to this on the train. I've made faces, and people are like, what is she listening to? Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly recommend that. Uh, my personal yeah. recommendation for, like, horror stuff is the the No Sleep podcast. I do I do love No Sleep, but, dead, like, Darkest Night took this to, like, a whole new fucking level. Excellent. Well, I just described the Darkest Night, so thank you. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many! Excellent. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yes, please listen to all of those recommendations we just gave you. But if you if you absolutely need to do to fill your time with something, 
binge the message and life after back to back. Oh my God. Yes, please oh, do. So yes. good. And then, and then immediately go to steal the stars, even though they're two very separate, like storylines, like, like they don't have anything to do with each other. If you really enjoy the message in life after and the way it's presented to you and the way it's done, you're going to love steal the stars. Cause it's all by the same guy. It really, it's, it was just, it, it was so good. Like mind blown. Awesome. I'm so happy, Ryan. I'm so happy we can, we can like geek out over this. See, this is what happened. Parents, you should be away more often. I know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, so that's my topic. Um, let's go into the combo book uh, combo book news and pools. Um, so just a little bit of disclaimer. This this uh, next topic is going to be a little bit heavy, um, but I think this is a very very important. Uh, conversation to talk about because the Hollywood is broken and it needs to be cleaned up and uh, it's about time it's happening. So uh, this uh, this news broke today, I believe, like earlier today. So so it's we're recording this on Sunday at the moment. So Gal Gadot. Um, oh my God! I was so happy when I heard this. I was like, yes, yes, yes. 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 So Ooh. so time travel back to like I don't know, like two years ago. Or maybe yeah, maybe two years ago when Gal Gadot was first announced as uh, Wonder Woman, and you know there's a people on the inter- or there's like segment on the internet that's saying why 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 should she why is she the choice for Wonder Woman and for X Y Z reasons, and and then Wonder Woman came out this year and she was amazing, and 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 Gal Gadot continues to. Smash the box office, but more importantly, smash the patriarchy and you know and the Hollywood and giving and punching Hollywood in the face, because, um, Brett Radner, uh, who Scum. was yeah, whose production company and himself, um, they helped fund Wonder Woman, if I remember correctly. Um, so Brett Radner has, um. Uh, news has broken out where several women, including some very prominent women in in the pop culture uh, zeitgeist and space, so uh, including uh, Olivia Munn, who played Psylocke in X Men, um, who uh, Ellen Page, who's also part of the X Men franchise, uh, she came out and uh, gave. Uh, 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 also admit or also confess to uh, sexual harassment uh, advances and predatory behavior by Ratner um, and Gal Gadot just being the amazing Wonder Woman that she is just in real life and on the screen. Uh, she gave Warner Brothers an ultimatum saying that she won't work on Wonder Woman 2 unless the studio cuts ties with Brett Ratner and uh, his company, uh, Dune Entertainment. Um, at the time, or in later in later developments, uh, Ratner he denied all allegations. It is also att- uh, attempting to sue a woman for a rape claim, and he also stepped down um, uh, from from the production company. Uh, setting reasons that he doesn't want these claims and the fallout to affect uh, Warner Brothers, po- uh, like their properties and and whatnot. Um, but uh, it's just it's just this. Like, oh, first of all, 
amazing news. I applaud Gal Gadot. I applaud all the all these other uh, brave women uh, and men. There's been a lot of like weird. There's been so many, so much weird, disgusting stuff that's coming to light recently. And I applaud to all those victims for coming out and having the courage to. Uh, Here's the thing: is we've known that Hollywood has been an ugly, ugly place for a really long time, and apparently snide well not even apparently snide shitty comments about things that either have been rumored or alluded to or things that you even knew about people have been doing that for years whether it's on tv or in award shows like people have been making comments about stuff that's been going on in hollywood for years and no one's done anything about it it took it took harvey weinstein to like blow this shit up and i'm happy it's blowing up but you're going to see a lot of careers that are going to be ruined, as they should be. As they fucking should be. You don't get to do that shit and still have a career. I'm sorry, you don't. Because I mean, it, it, it comes down to having this level of, I guess, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, but I guess privilege based yeah, on your status. Yeah, no, that is absolutely Based, based on your wealth, right based on like, like, you know, how much, like, I don't know. I guess even like just having your, your pop culture status as a privilege. Like for example, like George Takei was accused of groping a model uh, early, earlier, th- like this weekend, early this week, and like oh my God, George Takei is like like a huge champion for like civil rights and gay rights, and uh, and then this comes out, and people, I I feel like a, a lot of people are like, no, this can't be true, and he's a he's um, he's uh, I believe he's denying it, but still, I mean, it's still it's inexcusable. And I, all this, it, all is, this news is, it c- is, it is our responsibility to agree with the victims and believe them, because there are people that don't tell their story for this reason. Like they know they won't, they think they won't be believed, or. They or, or then this is weird so cynicism saying like oh you're trying to get it for the profit or like you're, you're, they're trying to right there's some weird ulterior motive and it's like and no, the minute you go oh well that can't be true because of who this celebrity is you're immediately throwing that person back into this place that it probably took them so long to come forward and do all this with I have such fucking respect for the people that are saying no this shit fucking happened to me and i don't have to sit with this anymore because shit's getting done now i fucking applaud you for all of this yeah shit. that goes on but to all the victims our fucking responsibility to believe these people like you need to get behind them when they make that statement exactly and and like more power for like really really, really like high profile people for doing this um you know so gal gadot did it and ellen page and um uh, Olivia Munn, and you know, even like you know, we were just mentioning uh, Stranger Things, like Finn Wolfhard. Uh, earlier was it earlier this week or last week, or or maybe it's like two weeks ago. But Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike Wheeler, and he's from It as well. He cut ties with his casting or acting agency APA because one of their agents um, apparently sexually assaulted two individuals, and Finn uh, he wasn't down for that, and he you know. He took a stand, and it's like that's awesome. I'm like, hey, this kid is 14 years old, and 
Yeah, and, he, and he, 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 if it's a 14 year old can look at a situation and be like, no, fuck you, I'm getting out of this. Why can't you, as a grown ass man or woman, like, why can't you, a 14 year old knows what the fuck they're talking about. Get the fuck up. Like, wake up, assholes. This just became very political. Uh, no, no, it's, I mean, but it's, it's, it's really important to talk about. No, it because actually is. Because we love pop culture, but you know, I just you know, there's this dark underbelly where, like, you know, a lot of the people in power, the people with like significant influence, you know, they have like this dirty laundry that's just there, and then you know, and they they can get away with it, and you know, no matter if you're like a Harvey Weinstein or you know, or a Brett Ratner, you should. You, you still, you have to be accountable for your actions. And yeah, it sucks for your career, but you know, it like it, just imagine how the victims feel, how they have to live with that every single day, and you know, they have to live in a society where you know a lot of times the victims aren't believed, and and the victims are shamed and blamed, and that's just not right. You know, you not having career is not is not the end of the world. You know, there are bigger things to, to think about. Like the welfare of the victims, and you know, making sure they're okay and they can go on living, and you know, make sure they can, they can actually feel safe, you know, at their place of work or you know when they're just doing every everyday life things. So, um, and this is this is not just Hollywood. Um, so the comic book industry is getting a kick in the nuts, um, quite literally and figuratively, because uh, and and this is about time. Because um, this broke uh, two days ago. So a employee of DC Comics has been accused of sexual misconduct. Um, so Eddie, Eddie Braganza, he's, a, he's an editor at DC Comics. Uh, and he's been accused of sexually harassing co-workers throughout many years uh, during his tenure at uh, DC, DC Comics. And DC Entertainment um, immediately suspended him, uh, removed him, ha- removed him, yeah, and removed him from his role as group editor at DC. There's going to be a thorough investigation, and DC Entertainment is making a stand, saying they won't stand for for this bullshit. So good on you, DC. Yeah. And uh, I think along with uh, the Hollywood, I think there's a, I think there's a. A similar sense of like uh, open secrety, dark underbellyness to the comics industry as well. So um, you know, just air it all out and get them out, and you know, give opportunities to people who are actually good people, and you know, you can keep their keep their hands to themselves because it's not that hard, people. It really isn't. No, not at all. So anyway, uh. <laughs> and it, that got really, really passionate. But uh, anything else to add, Ryan? No, I think I think we. Yep. No. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Rant over. <laughs> rant over. Rant over. Oh, uh, and uh, as, as a little bit of a tangential sideway, uh, on a slightly lighter note, uh, Justice League, the Justice League movie's coming out this weekend. So yes. Um, I I I I keep continuing to forget that it's actually coming out so soon, and I don't know. If That's a... how excited you are. You forgot yeah. it was happening. Yeah. So I mean, I think I'll still watch it. 
because I'm, you know, I love, I mean, well, I'm a, I, I'm there for, for Wonder Woman and I'm here for, for Jason Momoa Aquaman because I think it's, just, I think it's so, I think it's, I think it'd be really funny to see Aquaman being vindicated on the, also on the flip side. I love how hard DC Comics is trying to make Aquaman look cool. And they're, they're, they're like, guys, Aquaman is cool, right? Right? And they're trying to like ham him up during the trailers. And it's, I, I just love, I just, I, I applaud them. So um, those are the two things I'm, like, I'm most looking forward to the movie. Otherwise, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going too much expectations into it. Um, I mean, if it's disappointing, it's like, oh, well, and if I'm surprised and it's really good, well, great. So, um, but I'm all in it for Wonder Woman because that's like literally the, the best part of the trailers for me. So, uh, any initial thoughts about the movie? I'm excited to see Ezra Miller as the Flash. Mm-hmm. And we'll Gal Gadot, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And then I- that's about it. I mean... It looks like it's just going to be like a really fun movie, which is kind of what I feel like we need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if you have any thoughts about Justice League, you know, feel free to tweet at us and message us. Uh, you can email us. Um, so, and we'll provide all those ways you can reach us at the end of the show. Um, so we're running a little bit long, so I'm gonna skip over. Oh, I'm gonna make my comic book pools really short. Uh, I'm really excited for the last Dark Knight's metal tie-in, the Batman who lasts number one. It's basically the Dark Universe Batman who's leading all the other evil Batman, and it's basically like a Batman slash Joker hybrid, and he looks super creepy. It looks right on the metal cover. Um, he has a bunch of feral Robin demon pets, and it looks awesome. <laughs> and he's, he's literally, he, it looks like it, as if, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Hellraiser meets Batman meets Joker. It looks awesome. I, that sounds really fucking creepy, yeah, but awesome. Yeah. So everything, everything that's coming out of the Dark Knight universe or Dark. dark multiverse stuff all these evil batman um so like evil batman based on the flash and wonder woman and superman they're just super dark super grim dark and super cheesy i love it so this is the last one until we get into like i guess like the big kahuna or big uh the big climax of dark knight's metal so i'm really excited for that um so check it out that comes out this wednesday oh yeah yep uh but now Right, we're so excited to talk about this. Let's talk about Thor freaking Ragnarok and how amazing it is. Okay, just like mini like love fest for it, not even like spoiler cast, mm-hmm. only because I know that the guys are going to want to do that mm-hmm. and we should do like full blown like rant with them. But it's so good. So I'm going to go see it again. Yes, yes. And Taika Watiti, he's my new favorite director. I'm so sad that <laughs> I I'm so sad that I haven't heard of him or seen his movies beforehand, but now I, I love him. I love what he did with the movie. It 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 was just they they've they made Thor so much fun. They transported him and Hulk um into space like all this with this super colorful Jack Kirby kind of spacey spaceness where it's just so weird and bizarre spacey. is that the technical term spacey spaceness yes spacey spaceness um 
and you got these brand new characters to love like you know you got jeff goldblum as the grandmaster jeff goldblum in anything yes. i will go to the ends of the earth for that man this is the most jeff goldblum that just jeff goldblum has ever goldbloomed exactly <laughs> it's exactly so, it's so beautiful and then valkyrie by tessa thompson she's she's amazing and she's kick-ass and i love her and i hope she gets her own spin-off movies and and she teams up with other ladies of Marvel, and I hope you know Jane Foster Thor's a thing, so Natalie Portman can come back, and they can team up together and kick ass, and it'd be awesome. Ah, Valkyrie. But Ryan, what do you what did you love about the movie? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yes. Badass yes. bitch. Um, but Kate Blanchett, ageless. Kate <sighs> Blanchett just chewing the scenery. I love it. It was so good. I mean, there I I. I I don't, there wasn't a single part of that that I didn't enjoy. I was constantly laughing. I was just enjoying it throughout the entire thing. It was just, it was so well done. So good. I have nothing bad to say about it. It's, I, it's, it's perfect. And uh, I can't wait to go see it again. I, I really want to see it again too. And it's incredible. Um, I, they, they just, the, I, I know we had some really strong contenders for Marvel movies this year, but and I know Spider-Man Homecoming was really good, but I think Thor Ragnarok uh, is my is hands down my favorite Marvel movie this year. Um, it might be. It was pretty close to Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, so good. Um, and I like to throw. Th- th- we've been we've been recommending so many podcasts this week. So what's one more? What's one more? Um, so if you're new to Thor, uh, I to be honest, like um, I was never a huge expert in terms of like the comic book Thor. Not until more recent times, especially like, the all new uh, Thor, where basically um, Jane Foster she becomes the new Thor, which is badass, and I love it. And I hope that makes it into the movies. Um, but if you really want, uh, if you want some understanding or you want a crash course into geek Thor, history lesson. yes, yes. Yeah, so geek history lesson did an amazing Thor episode. Yeah. Um, and they're really good. So Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson, um, they, they just killed it. Um, it says they're really incredible, incredible episode. They, they tell you all a bunch of things, uh, in Thor's history in an hour. Uh, and um, they also reference some great stuff uh, you can read. Um, they didn't mention it in the Thor episode, but if you want to also read some other Thor Ragnarok adjacent material, definitely read uh, Planet Hulk. Um, that's where the whole uh, Gladiator Hulk um, uh, storyline and imagery uh originated it's created by greg pack who's a very accomplished uh writer uh he's really really cool so uh definitely read planet hulk and the follow-up storyline world war hulk so yeah good stuff um anything else to add about thor ragnarok besides we need to see it again we need to do a spoiler cast for real that's that's really what it is go see Mm -hmm. it again Yes, go see it again. It's amazing. Give Marvel your 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 well dollars so they can make a, a Thor four because I need it, or a Valkyrie movie because I need that too. Or also, Jane... the actress that played Valkyrie was just spot on. Yeah, like so. Do you know 
what other films Tessa Thompson has been in? Because I love her and I want her to see her in more things. No, I actually, I don't. I okay. have no idea. Okay, well, let's do a quick Google search. To the interwebs. Okay, so uh, Tessa Thompson, uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. Like, she looked familiar, but not familiar enough where I was like, she was in that thing that I saw five years ago. Which thing? Do you remember? No, I'm no? just saying, oh, okay. like, she has uh, one of those faces. Okay. Um, she's been in, uh, oh, she was, she played Bianca in Creed. Uh, she's been in Westworld. She played Charlotte Hale. Uh, she I, played... I did not watch Westworld. I actually haven't watched Westworld either. I really only got HBO pretty recently, so I've been I don't working have through HBO, other stuff. So... Uh, well, you should steal my account so we can watch all the things. We can watch Westworld okay. together, and then we can squee when, when Tessa Thompson shows up in Westworld. Okay, I'm down. Excellent. Uh, she's been on Veronica Mars... She's been um, in Selma. Uh, she's she's been on BoJack Horseman, which I wait. I still- who was she in BoJack? Wait, like new season of BoJack? Uh, she appeared in 2016, so I'm not sure which season that is. But she plays a character named Tanisha in the episode Love and or Marriage. So this is complete news to me. Oh, I, I think if- I remember that. Okay, cool, cool. I love BoJack Horseman. We just started season four. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> um, oh, also, she's been in a music video with oh, Jay-Z <laughs> for the song Moonlight. So that's awesome. Oh, my God. Okay. Excellent. All right, well, Tessa Thompson is awesome, and I really look forward to seeing her career, and especially her career in MCU. Um. Oh yeah, and a Valkyrie seems to be confirmed in Avengers: Affinity War. Cause yes, well that's that a... I could have told you that without looking at it. I was like, she's totally gonna be in Infinity yes. War. Yes. Yes. Oh, so good. Um. But yeah. So we need more Tessa Thompson, and um. Who knows? Maybe she'll show up in Black Panther. Cause that would be awesome. I don't know. Black Panther's coming up in February 2018, which is amazing too. Uh. There's there's a lot of things. There are a lot of cool things Marvel's doing. I love it. Good You're job, like, Marvel. You're, like, really excited for that. Yes. Oh, my God. So I think we should end on that bright note. Um, thank you for listening. This was episode 136 of the Super Nerd Pals podcast. Yeah. Uh, if you like anything we talked about, so Tessa Thompson, uh podcast like left life after or the message um please please tweet at us message us uh you can tweet at us at super nerd pals uh you could go uh post on our community at facebook.com slash group slash super nerd pals you can shoot us an email at pals at super nerd pals.com and if you have anything to say specifically to one of us you can find ryan on twitter at the underscore red underscore horror. Excellent. And you can find me, Chris, on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. You can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, um, and any other podcast player of your choice. All you have to do is find our handy-dandy RSS feed and plug it into the podcast player of your choice, and we'll post that RSS feed into the show notes. Um, most importantly, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, Please give us a, a five-star rating and a positive review. 
It helps us be more visible and easier to find on the iTunes algorithm. And we really want to hear from you about all your feedback about the show. Uh, and we also we always want to make the show better. We also we always want to try new things. So if there's anything you want us to try or talk about, let us know. And your wish is our command because we love doing doing this for you guys. Um, and until then, uh, you know, stay warm, stay happy, stay nerdy, and uh, hopefully we can do a, our cannibal joke uh segment again soon so brian thank you thank you so much for those cannibal jokes i love cannibal it jokes. it's great <laughs> i love it um so peace out come scouts and we'll see you next week bye bye